Leonard at the line to ice the game and to win the championship. Free throw is up and in. The Raptors by four. Cousins inbounds the ball. Curry heaves it at the buzzer. It's no good. Franchise history. League history. The Toronto Raptors are NBA champions. A city, a province, a country celebrates. The NBA championship is due north. The wow. Toronto Raptors win 114-110. Jonesy, we have just witnessed history in the making. And oh Canada, Larry Tannenbaum, George Cope, Ed Rogers, Masai Ujiri, Coach Nick Nurse, congratulations. Basketball has come full circle in Canada. It was invented by a Canadian. The first NBA game was in Toronto. And now, an NBA championship. Your 2019 NBA champions, the Toronto Raptors. Welcome to the NBA champion edition of Free Association. I'm J.D. Bunkus. Joined to my left, Faisal Kamisa. Not Donovan Bennett. Donovan Bennett taking in uh, what must be the world's most important wedding. Whoever's wedding Donovan Bennett is currently at, let it be known he loves you dearly. Like, so dearly. You are a close, close friend. I don't know if I have a friend on earth I love that much. Like, do you? I would have not been friends with that person going forward. Yeah. It would have been simple and it would have been okay. You just it have to... been justified. Be like, sorry, buddy. Yeah. We're not friends anymore. You don't even put in a phone call for that one. You write a beautiful letter with like a real ink pen. Nah, that comes with a text. Be like, yeah. look, can't make it. <laughs> deleting your number like that's it that's the yeah. end of it you hey, know that's it just go out no we're not friends anymore that's it uh it is what it is i gotta watch this raptors game i gotta make the content <laughs> content content you and i were both here last night yeah creating content of our own mm -hmm. you actually i looked at you and daniel michaud and i think you guys were so in shock and so sleep deprived that you didn't know what i was doing no we saw you but we were working so yeah, we were like, you, you can really interact right we got a like, camera here looking at us and so we're like oh, so, oh jd so, being jd so I was just we being, can't do anything about this being disrespectful to the work hey yes here, here's the thing uh, you have to interact with me now. This is how I know. This, this is, is how I trust you to do this. I know. Like you're here, <laughs> now you're on camera. I'm happy to do it because yeah. the Raptors won the NBA oh. championship. Only that oh. reason uh, would get me in here again to talk to you. Can I almost said no, but I was like, no, they won the championship. Every time I say it, yeah. I can't believe it. It's real, right? Like I woke up after my alarm went off. I ran to do radio, and I was like, wait, I'm running to do radio to talk about the Raptors as NBA champions. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I've noticed that the best hangover cure in my life has just been your team has won a championship. Nothing will get you out of bed and let you seize the day quite like. So how many times have you experienced that? Uh, one, That's two, two. Well, this is one really like yeah. one in the city. I'm a Seattle Seahawks fan. Yeah. So I, I mean, yes, it counts kind of. It counts, right? but, but it's like not you're like here, that. here yeah. for this, right? And you're here. Yeah. And you and I were both downtown last night. Yes. And I said it reminded me of Mad Max because there's just like hollowed out vehicles and yes. it was like tribes, you know, like yes, there was like, like the bus tribe, them, on you know, them, like yeah. people on the buses in the buses hollowed out. And then everywhere you looked, who knew Toronto was so good at climbing? Like if we had a citywide rock climbing contest, we would kick ass. That'd be amazing, yeah. Like we would just be so good. There was people up on poles. There were people up on every single ledge, every single awning. I had an absolute blast down there. The people yeah. were celebrating. It was fireworks everywhere. Also, really wish I bought fireworks stock. 
in Toronto. Would have been good. Would have been like, good. Who has them all? Instead of going out last night, if you lined up to get any kind of championship gear, I imagine there's a resale market for that sold out gear today Man. as well. People are going bananas, obviously, understandably. Dropped some mad coin in the heat of the moment last night as well. Oh, yeah. Trying to get the first t-shirt. <laughs> oh, yeah. like, it'll come. It's okay, Faisal. But no, got to yeah. get it right away. And hey. so, uh, yeah. A lot of regrets. Can't, no, you'll never not regret, regret it when Not you a regret. Not a regret. You're right. Not a regret. You'll never regret those shirts when you wear them, those hats, <laughs> those whatever you end up buying. The only stuff that you end up regretting is like when you start to go overboard and be like, I guess I probably need a fridge magnet too. Like I'm yeah. going to need a championship thing. Yep. Keychain. Going to uh, need it. Oh, that mini Larry O'Brien trophy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Put that this place in my house, <laughs> yeah. you know, put that over the, oh. my kids won the championship, you <laughs> yeah. know, get all the bobbleheads, you know? Yeah. We're going to need a mock Larry O'Brien for the office. Everything's going to end up in this studio because I'm going to regret and not have room to put it. And I'm like, oh, this will look like good decoration for yeah. this digital donate. studio. You know, yeah, yeah, donate. Yeah. You know what was one of my first thoughts, actually, when they won, strangely enough, was they're going to get one of the championship patches on yes. the jersey next year. Yes, that's an Instacop. And Immediate purchase. And you can never take that nope. away nope. from the Toronto Raptors. You can take away Kawhi Leonard. You can. God, you can take sell. away Masai Ujiri for the right amount of money, I'm sure. Yeah. Can't take away that gold patch at the back of the jersey. So let's start with that game, and then we'll go into sure, like some yeah. of the greater yes. narrative things. Because going into that ball game, I thought the Warriors were going to stake themselves to a pretty big lead. I thought it was going to be kind of similar to the game five game script. Where So I'm, I'm curious as to what made you believe that. Like, well, What made you think that they were going to come out on fire? I just thought that it's the last game at Oracle, that they were going to be really pumped up about going out there and winning one for KD. And they're the Golden State Warriors. Like, they're the greatest shooting team of all time. They're headlined by multiple Hall of Famers. I kind of anticipated a good game from Andre Godala. I didn't think he was going to be, you know, outscoring Kawhi Leonard until the dying seconds of the basketball game and hitting threes and at the buzzer with guys in his face. But I really thought that they start well. And they were going to come out shooting strong. They were going to come out with the most energy. The Raptors might have a little bit of, oh, I can't believe that we're here and we needed to see it. I've seen the Warriors in that spot before. I hadn't seen the Raptors yeah, in Yeah, but spot you know before. what? I haven't seen these Warriors in that spot before. I think yep. the Raptors, like I was joking, like this was a six-game sweep. Like the Raptors were the better team I for like all six of the games. You know, there was a portion of game two. Yes, the Warriors mm-hmm. went on that massive, crazy run. All right, they won the game. Game five was a one-point difference. The Raptors hit, what, two more threes? They win that game, mm-hmm. you know? I thought the Raptors' defense is what stood out to me the entire series. They always found a way to muck things up for the Warriors defensively, get them out of rhythm. And so, yeah, like, Kyle Lowry scores 11 by himself, but the number that stood out was two. Like, it was 11-2 mm-hmm. to start the Raptors game. And this is, you know, with game six, Clay going off until he got hurt and Steph, you know, hitting a couple, like... I thought the Raptors had full control of that game. And there are moments, again, where, where they lost parts of it. But, man, in the entire series, what I've been impressed with is how they never, ever, ever, ever allowed a, a massive Warriors run to either affect them or lose them the game early. Every game came down to it. But that was why I was feeling still confident they would be fine in the game. Yep. I just thought it was a matter of yep. keep it close enough that down the stretch – Kawhi Leonard can do his third quarter thing where he scores a bunch at the beginning of the third. He closes a bunch at the end of the third. And then you're down a few points and then you beat them in that fourth quarter. Well, can we say that Kawhi had a really bad two off- last two offensive games? Like, we can admit that like his last two offensive games, minus that fourth quarter in game five, were really non-Kawhi-like, right? It was a little anticlimactic. Sure. It was a little anticlimactic for a player that just finished third all-time in, in points scoring. In points in yeah. right. Like In postseason scoring. But that being said... I'll say this about both Kawhi performances. One is that in game five, 
he was incredible for that stretch in the fourth quarter. Yep. And he, yes. does, he does an excellent job of just when you think he's done, just when you think he's just got nothing left in the gas tank and you're just like, oh, okay, naturally this makes sense that Kawhi is finished. He puts on, you know, 10 unanswered points. And even in that game where Kawhi was not at his very best, but it was also like there's a difference between what was game five where he was missing just a ton of shots and kind of forcing his offense versus last night where he didn't have to be the primary figure for large stretches of that game. Like the beginning of it when I thought it was going to be the Warriors. And that's the thing. The Warriors were great to come out and start that game. Like they did have the start, I thought. It was just that Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam – decided that they were going to go into Super Saiyan mode. They were just incredible. Lowry scores those first 11 points. It's the fastest he's ever hit 11. Yeah. He does it in like under three minutes. He does it with the like classic Kalo dagger style where it's just he's hitting those above the break threes and he's getting his two feet into the paint. And he just feels like he has those heat check moments where he just feels unstoppable. I know. And Siakam, after getting called out by Nick Nurse earlier that day about why he was benched in the final nine minutes just completely responds with it. And to a certain degree, you have to give credit to Nick Nurse playing that card correctly, of course. knowing that his team was good enough in game five to be right there and almost win, N- but Nick- also get that out of Pascal where after going 0 of 12 from three or his last 12 threes, Siakam knocks down his first two and then one's above the break and finishes with three threes in that ball game. And it's been one of the stories of the Raptors' entire season. But when he hits threes, when he hits that corner three, it just opens up everything for the Raptors. And basically after he hit those, they had just about everything they wanted for the rest of the game. Yep. And that's what it helps, right? Like on top of those three threes, like he was able to take it to the rim twice in that first quarter because now they have to respect that shot again, right? Now they have to respect that shot again. And again, I admire Nick Nurse. Like you seldom heard him call out players this season. Like ever, 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 ever. He would always just be like, no, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. He made a point to say, no, it was his defense that got him on the bench for nine minutes, and then I question why. Like, still, yes, but maybe those last two minutes of Game 5, my guy should have been in that game. But, you know, to Nick's credit, again, pushing all the right buttons, making all the right adjustments. I thought even late in the game, again, like, I know they had that turnover with Danny, but, like, they took all the big men out, had all the, you know, shooters on. Like, Danny should have been a little bit better in terms of making that. Like, that was weird, considering the guy's been there before. And think Danny Green should have been a little bit better? (laughs) Yes, yes, sorry. No points. Thank you. I don't need your sarcasm with him. Just turning the ball over at the end of the game and giving me a heart attack. (laughs) Like, poor every Raptors fan that had to watch. Man, imagine that's the biggest winner of the day, right? Danny Green. Oh, God, no one's talking about that. Kawhi talked about it post-game on on one of the post-game shows. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, we knew the ball in Danny's hand was going to, you know, be good. We were going to trust him. And then he turned it over. <laughs> Who cares now, right? They won the championship. Yeah. Nothing matters anymore. Now, Nothing. That felt in the moment, again, as a Seahawks fan, like Marshawn Lynch not getting the ball on the one-yard line. Like that I was going to think about this for the rest of my life. That it was like, please don't let this be the final thing I see before the lights go out. <laughs> it's just Danny Green just whipping a ball into the corner, like forcing Sayakam to go up and get it. But I would have bet my life Steph Curry was going to hit that three. Oh. I would have bet my life. I would have bet my entire life that Steph was going to hit the three that was coming up. So... Raptors close the half and they're up and you're feeling pretty decent, but also based on the way that Lowry played and Siakam played that it could have been better. Right. Only up three. It was like, oh man, that's not enough. Kawhi wasn't playing that well, but Steph Curry had also been really contained. I think he was two of seven at the half. Like they had done a really good job doubling him, trapping him on everything, forcing the ball out of his hands and making the other guys beat them. And to the Warriors credit, they did a great job of that in the first half because the Marcus Cousins had seven and 
I think Iguodala had 11. <laughs> Both of those guys came up with like actual real life buckets. Draymond Green was moving the ball. In this economy, Andre Iguodala had more points than he had since November. He was get out of town and the Raptors still won. This was a great game in terms of confirmation bias for clutch because <laughs> of Fred Van Vliet and Andre Iguodala. <laughs> yeah. Like just two guys that you really feel confident in in big moments actually stepping up once again in big moments. And now, like whenever I'm going to say, well, is clutch real? Is clutch not real? It's like you're going to point to a guy like Fred Van Vliet. You're going to point to this game and talk about Andre Godala. Like when he goes into the Hall of Fame, which I, I truly believe he will. I agree. That will be the biggest case is that people will say Andre Godala always stepped up when the chips were down and yep. he never faltered in the biggest moments, whether it was guarding LeBron James and winning his finals MVP, although that one probably should have been Steph's. Wow. Or it was in game six in elimination, the last game at Oracle. I think if you're a Warriors fan, you're going to remember the last game of Oracle as we would have won if Clay Thompson doesn't get hurt. And oh my God, Andre Godala did everything he could to try to win us that title. But I guess the second half was basically like, what are the marathon, not the marathon runners, the, the pole. I love how I work in sports, but where they got to pass the here. baton and run. Yeah, the relay, meter yeah, relay. Yes, That's yes. it. Nice. It was basically the relay where Kyle Lowry carried them for the first half and he handed it over to Fred Van Vliet and was like, all right, take us home. Did he hand it over to Fred Van Vliet or did it just kind of happen? Because I don't think respectfully on this Raptors team, like even with the shots that Fred has been hitting all finals again, and let's remember he was unplayable two series ago against Mm -hmm. the 76ers, like unplayable. People are like, oh, Fred, two more years of this. My guy got a finals MVP vote. My guy got one finals MVP vote. Think about Fred Van Vliet. Fred didn't bet like on yourself. Undre- <laughs> like that was no. Hubie Brown. Like that was a real NBA person. That was like Fred Van Vliet. That's such a, you know? a petty vote though. I love Fred. He had an incredible run. Yeah. To me, he's the second story of the Raptors title. Like when we look All back right, on so this. All right, so he deserves a vote then. When we look back on this 10 years from now, I think that we'll remember the run as Kawhi Leonard's incredible push for the playoffs. We'll remember game four against the Sixers, game seven against the Sixers, Game three against the Bucks, game five against the Bucks, <laughs> game four against the Warriors. Warriors yep. Those will be the like yep. five signature Kawhi Leonard games. We'll remember just only five. Yeah. Well, th- not only five no, good no, games. I course. just mean those will be the five Kawhi games that I'll always say those were the ones. Like push on the brink against the Sixers, Raptors down 2 1. Kawhi drops 40 points, including a dagger three in Joel Embiid's eye. Like they got blown out in game three, and everyone's yeah. like, oh, this team is done. This team is done. And then, they, like, yeah, yeah. That yeah. shot over Joel, put that on my wall. Like That is the one thing that kind of got lost in the rim bounce was how great that three was in yeah. game four. Might have been a better shot, right? Like, again, <sighs> um, maybe, that, nah, I'm lying. That's not the better shot, right? The buzzer beater. The buzzer beater like, game seven kind of yes, tough like, to talk. Yes, that's going to talk. literally I'm, the... I'm being reactive right now, and that's yeah. not fair. <laughs> and we started this about Fred for some reason, but like, the thing here is, we are. Those shots were all great, but no, we started this about Fred because Kawhi had to carry everyone in that Sixers yeah. series because yeah. no one else was stepping up. Yeah. They were kind of... It just didn't like, match up well. And, and, and Kawhi's like, all right, I got you. Siakam was out of it. Yep. Gasol was playing good defense. Yep. But his offense was mostly hesitant. Kyle Lowry was inconsistent. They couldn't go into the bench. They couldn't play Norm Powell. They couldn't play Fred Van Vliet. No. Fred Van Vliet had a game in the final... Or sorry, against the Sixers, where I'm pretty sure he had like six or eight minutes. Yep. Zero they points. put him on the floor, and he looked hesitant. He looked like he would not shoot. He had the yips. He had the yips. But... I keep going back to this moment in the Buck series in that overtime game where Fred Van Vliet missed a corner three and Nick Nurse said something along the lines of, I couldn't believe he missed. I thought we were going home. I was basically celebrating when he took that shot and we want Fred Van Vliet to take that shot every single time. And there is something to be said about those big game players on a big game team 
right? Like that team has Kawhi Leonard. They have yeah. Kyle Lowry. Yep. They have Serge Ibaka who's been to a finals. They have a former defensive player of the year and like Olympic silver medalist in Marcus Gasol. It's like, it's a veteran team. They have Danny Green who was a runner's up for a finals MVP. Who's in the three point contest this year. And who do they turn to late when it gets tight and it gets late in the shot clock and everything looks like it's falling apart. They go to the smallest guy on the floor. I don't know. Undrafted. There's a parallel like, of that. No, I don't. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, it just, it's very, you know what it reminds me of is Isaiah Thomas's run. But like, except Isaiah was always going to be a star and Fred was this guy that didn't get drafted. And, you know, Isaiah was 60th overall, though. Right. No, I know. That's true. Yeah. But by the time Isaiah was in the finals, yeah. everybody knew who Isaiah Thomas yeah. was. When right. Isaiah, nobody knew who Fred Van Vliet, still nobody knew who Fred Van Vliet was up until this finals run, because still people didn't really pay attention to the Raptors as as a main story in this postseason until they got there. I mean, that's done now. Well, that's uh, done now. Even if it's not, who cares? Right. Yeah. The Raptors are a champ. It doesn't matter anymore. Right. Any. Any sort of validation people want, well, just look at the ring. That's enough now. That's so, enough. I'm glad you said it that way because this has been one of my biggest thoughts this morning. Is like the overall attitude from the fan base now is like, who cares? And for so long, it was, we care. We care so much. We care too much. And I'm guilty of it too. Like, I'm not trying to project on other people. Nope. I'm sure you've done the same thing where... The Raptors have went on a winning streak or the Raptors have been playing well and you listen to an out-of-market podcast or you listen or you read an article on a U.S. website or, you know, on our show we have a guest on and they don't seem like totally in on the Raptors or totally seem to understand it. And you just wanted that validation, right? You want someone to tell you, basically, your team is good, you can do this thing. And I think the underlying thing about that is that deep down, everybody kind of knew, not that it was a house of cards, but that... It was fragile, that everything was fragile and you needed that validation because you were kind of like, those were your wins. Your wins came from other people telling you that the Raptors were good and trying to like build that castle up. Today, I, I think that's just a byproduct of life though. People want the things that they like to be validated totally. by others. And again, this is your that's validation, saying, though, right? You don't know. I get it. Now it's done. I get it. Exactly. No one's saying that today. Who cares now? No one today nope. is going to be like, wow, I hope that people give us credit. It doesn't matter. Because you know, because it's undeniable. It's exactly. irrefutable. Forget you're, your asterisks. Forget your, no. you know, you don't need a long form. Doesn't matter. All you need to do is look at the box score and be like, oh yeah, Doesn't we matter. won this. 4-2. Who it's gets over. to buy the championship gear that that's you're talking what, about? That's today. what I mean. Exactly. That's it now, right? And so I think it's going to change a lot of ways that we consume basketball in this country. And I don't mean we as in you and I. I mean we as in Canada. Like, mm -hmm. this is it now, you know? You got the gold patch. You're going to get a banner in the arena, like a, not like a, hey, we won the East. Hey, we won the Atlantic. Hey, Bon Jovi for some reason. No, a freaking championship bon banner. Jovi. Yeah, I don't know. I still don't get it, right? <laughs> I, I don't get it. We don't have time for that. That's no, fine. That's, that's fine. A championship banner. Like yeah. in the city where the Leafs are king, mm -hmm. you took over. You are Joffrey Baratheon. You killed, you know, Robert died. And I don't know if you watch Game of Thrones. I do. Okay, cool. I just was kind of interested that you chose Joffrey. Yeah, well, you know, it just kind of came <laughs> out of nowhere. Like, yeah, nobody you, saw it coming, right? You, like, you're like the Raptors of Joffrey. Like, people are like, you're cruel. <laughs> you're kind of a cruel kid. I didn't mean it that way because yeah. Joffrey was the worst. But, yeah. I mean, like, it just happened. And now you're here. You are the big kings in this city. Now, that's it. No disrespect to the Toronto Rock. But when you go yeah. down to Scotiabank Arena and you see Toronto Rock banners during their games and... Like now, a NBA Finals banner is going to hang in that. That's what I mean. Stadium. Like, that's what I mean. That means man. the world. And I'll just say that I think the inferiority complex is drastically altered. I think that some people will always have it. Some people will always feel slighted. It, that's going to come with being the only Canadian team, the only non-US team. But for the most part, that's gone. And 
I think the person that deserves the most credit for that is Masai Ujiri. Of course. Like the Raptors won that series and Kawhi was brilliant and they don't get here without Kawhi Leonard, but they don't have Kawhi Leonard without Masai Ujiri. He never stopped building this team. And basically from the, the stretch of, you got to get lucky, right? Yep. Like it's not all just talent and skill and will that, that wins out. You got to get lucky sometimes. And they got lucky with the Rudy Gay trade. It allowed DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry to take the reins of this team. It started a competitive cycle. They had a bunch of role players. And I think it kind of outlined a bit of the blueprint for Masai, which was, hey, you don't need to have three stars, three superstars. You do need to have a good core around a couple of all-stars or one superstar. And they kept trying to find that superstar. They kept working around the edges. He kept kind of tinkering with the formula. Like, okay, can you have two all-stars? And then a bunch of really good players. Can you have two all-stars and 10 really good players and a bench mob? Okay, no, you need the superstar player. You went to the wall. You lost to LeBron James again. Okay, you're going to trade a beloved figure in the city. You're going to get a superstar. You're going to take a chance. It's going to be risky. You have to work between the margins to find a superstar, right? And he found one. A lot of people weren't willing to take the risks. I think that there's been a lot of like pushback to how Masai Ujiri got Kawhi Leonard because it's been excuse-making for all the other teams that didn't go get him. But Masai did, right? Yeah, they, that, Masai, that's it, right? Masai he got was it. at that podium yep. when they got Kawhi Leonard and said the same thing he's always been saying. Like, that stuff's the old stuff, right? Why yep. do you see yourselves this way, Toronto? Why does it always have to be about what the worst-case scenario is going to be? Not anymore. He always believed in the city. That's he's it. a transplant. That's why he never leaves, by the way. I, that's why I don't think he leaves. I don't think he leaves I don't think it's over. Are, For him, it's not about this anymore. Are you born and raised Ontario guy? Yeah. Okay, I'm a transplant. Okay. So I don't see the city the same way that some people do, I think. Okay. As a transplant from a really tiny place in northern Canada, I can never get over how amazing the city is. It's constantly like, who wouldn't want to live here? <laughs> who wouldn't think this is the best? Oh my God, that band is in town tonight? Yeah. This comic is yes. here? We can go here to eat? Oh my God, there's a row of these bars? Are you okay? Like, we can just go from this rooftop patio to this patio? Like, there's nowhere better no. on the planet than... oh. Everybody still holds the door for you like it's a small town in Canada, like we're in like northern Ontario and someone's going to hold the door for you the same. Like I just always understood what Masai Ujiri went or what he was saying and the way that he felt about this city. And he just kept working at it. And finally, he delivers on something that I don't think really anybody thought was possible. Even he, I I have to imagine there was doubts in his own mind as well that maybe this is never going to happen. Maybe this is never going to happen. You know, look, if they don't win this year, right? Let's say Clay and KD are are healthy, right? Do the Raptors win that series? I don't know. I think it's still competitive. I don't think it's as big of a watch as people suggest it might be. We don't know. I know. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, right? But if, if, right? And, And then Kawhi ends up leaving. How defeated do you think Messiah is having to start again after being so close, so close, so close? It doesn't matter now, which is great. And the fact that it's there now, and again, I'm all about you know, throw your asterisks in the garbage. I don't care about that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to hear the the reasons why they maybe shouldn't have won. I just want to know that they won, Here's right? the thing. I don't care. Like, again, back to the mentality. I don't care if that's what you want to talk about. Exactly. You want to be the person that brings and up And neither does Masai like, now, cool. right? They have the championship. Yeah. They did it. He built this team. And yes, Woj dampering everyone's parade five minutes after saying the Washington... Say, I'm not trying to be a total jerk here. I know Woolwich is like a vindictive guy. There's been articles written about how he will destroy you. So maybe this is at my own peril. That was uh, lame. Like that oh, was that I was mean, Bushley. He's I'm sorry. doing his thing. No, no that's I mean, Bushley. No, I know you on. have a job to do. But yeah, but that's, you have a job who needs, to do. Who JD. needs that report there? 
He's obviously sitting on that. That didn't come across the wire a second ago. That's so if I mean. Masai, in, through his uh, inebriated celebration, says, yeah, you know, I'm not going to Washington, everyone's going to start trying to figure out what that means. Like, you're doing your job, OG. He waited for the finals to end. He's doing his thing. I'm not really mad at that. And I like that we got some sort of... Uh, Marshawn Lynch retired. Definitive and, uh, retired answer. I like that we got some sort of definitive answer from Larry Tannenbaum. who said, no, like, Masai's going to get anything he wants here. Like, it made for another good moment, you know? It made for another good quote. You know, Michael Grange's uh, word pasting of a quote typed up on word with an underline under one of the words. Like, nah, it's all part of the cachet of last night See. now or this morning or whatever it was. And so, no, I, I think it's fine. Woj doing his thing. I just think it speaks again to what this city means to Masai. I don't think he got that text that moment. Of course not. No. Out of respect for the finals, he waited till it was done, gave it eight minutes, and it was like, all right, it's time, but guys. But that's what I mean. By him kind of sitting on it and rolling it out then, it felt more like trying to take away from the moment and trying to make people think about that while they're online. Like, he would have known that every Raptor fan is on Twitter So I think this is contradicting to everything you just said about needing that validation. Like, But it's cares? not about validation. Cares, it's right? more just about, like, I thought it was a Bush League move by somebody. No. Man, this is like the greatest basketball reporter in the world that's sitting on something like... He's going to do his thing. He doesn't care about your NBA finals. He's not, he's not getting a ring. Like, he's doing his job, right? His his job is to get, he had, what, 7,000 retweets on that Maasai mm-hmm. tweet. Man, that might have beat some of the other tweets about the championship, he right? He probably so, has more than He knows what he's doing. Else. He I, knows I don't what he's think Maasai is leaving either. Yeah. I've said before, the main argument for him leaving, well, the case has been outlined like this. One, he can be close to... Washington. Uh, Washington. But do you think Masai Ujiri is like going to be breaking bread with Donald Trump? No. But there are other like people. Like Donald no, Trump Donald Trump's not the a... only guy in Washington. Sure, right? but I think I'm just if, saying. If you care like, about Giants of Africa, that's not a bad place to be and start pitching and lobbying about how, what you're doing. How great has Giants of Africa been for him in Toronto? I, it's true. Like he has, I think, a bigger reach that he in this country than he would in the States. Two is that it's been made that his wife is from there. Masai is from Africa. You think that in their relationship, his wife gets to complain about like who's far from home? Like, again, I, I know I'm just saying, I don't think that that's going to be a big deal. And it's it's not like they're that far away from Washington in the first place. The other part is like, maybe Messiah wants another challenge at some point. I don't really think that the Washington Wizards and like finding a way to get rid of the John Wall contract is like all that appealing. Right. But again, I don't, I don't think it's about now. I think if you were to go there, there's a long term plan there as well. Right. Sure. Again, this didn't take him one year to do or two years. Nope. to do. This took forever. It feels like. Right. We remember F Brooklyn like that's 2013, man. Like that's a lifetime ago in sports. Right. But he did his thing. And so at some point, I think he will move on. But I don't think in the short term he will, because, again, I don't think he's satisfied with just this one now. Right. Like, I nope. think there's a desire to want to continue to build this, continue to prove if Kawhi leaves or not, that this team can be sustainable uh, or competitive at least long enough to to make a dent in the East and make a dent on these legacy conversations that go on in sports that I think are all overrated, but, you know, matter to some people. Let's do one because they matter to me. Go for it. Kyle Lowry. Yeah. He's played 73 playoff games as yep. a Toronto Raptor. Is he the greatest Raptor of all time to you? Second, beyond Kawhi Leonard. Okay, like Kawhi Leonard is the individually greatest. But yeah. when you think of like, who is the Toronto Raptor? Yeah, you probably go Kyle Lowry. And I, and I think I'm okay with that, right? Like, again, it was such a validating moment for him last mm-hmm. night. This guy who came in here, forget the league, when he got drafted and was, you know, deemed to be uncoachable and, you know, surly and, and grumpy. And there's a lot of those things here. But somehow, some way, he figured it out. Somehow, some way, he figured out that there's a bigger part of this thing than yourself and it was such a validating moment for him last night to one have that game okay mm-hmm. and two just the moment with Masai the the hug with Masai there was such tension between the two of them to start this I season that, that we know of and I love it too and it's it's all about what makes this league so amazing it just happened to happen 
in front of our eyes for once, you know, mm-hmm. which was great to watch. And so I think he goes down as the greatest, in totality, the greatest Raptor to have done this over a Same. long period of time. And I don't think it's that much of a conversation. I really don't. No. Respectfully, Vince. I'm sorry, DeMar. I don't even know if that's a conversation at all. But I think Kyle Lowry over everything. Seriously. DeMar is always going to be loved in the city. Yep. He'll always be a Toronto guy. Yep. I'm sure a lot of people thought of him. Actually, I saw signs that were thank you, DeMar signs. I saw signs the, that said DeMar died for this. Yeah, but yeah. It, I mean, exactly. Like people still have a lot of love for DeMar DeRozan. But you, what you said there about totality, that's the case for Kyle Lowry, is that the overall body of work is, I think, undeniable. To me, he was always the best Raptor during the DeRozan-Lowry years. I think DeRozan 14-15 had a better season than Lowry numbers-wise. I, I'm going off the top of my head with this. I think, though, looking back on it, that was the one DeRozan year. Or maybe it was actually, no, sorry, it was the 16 year where DeRozan made third team All-NBA. And other than that, I always thought Kyle Lowry was the better of the two. He was the guy that like stuffed every part of the box score. He took those charges. He got those loose balls. He rebounded. He shot threes. He got other people involved. His like plus minus stats, plus his like on off court numbers. He was remember Kyle Lowry plus the bench. Like that was the thing before. Oh my gosh, that was like a year. Yes. Like that was one year ago. Oh my god, Kyle Lowry in the bench. That's going to be the difference this year in the yes. playoffs when Demar's struggling. Yes. Nope. Oh my gosh. For him to finally, the one thing he didn't have on the resume was the acceptance of out of marketers again that he had turned a page in terms of his playoff narrative. Everybody here knew that basically since the Miami series where he closed them out with a 35-point performance in Game 7, that he had flipped the script. Like, you go through Kyle Lowry's numbers, Kyle Lowry's performances. Oh, yeah. People relished. The narrative like, was never They lived valid, yes. for his game against Orlando, of course where he scored zero points. Of course they did. And he has deserved criticism in the past. Like, he has had games where he came up short. Even in this series, like when he fouled out in Game 2, I thought that was really, really tough for him. But he responded. He responded in both games. He fouled out in Game 2, and he responded in Game 3 with his best game. 23 points. Uh, I think he had 10 assists and six rebounds. He gets shoved by Mark Stevens, the idiot owner of the Golden State Warriors. That was this series. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Feels like a million years ago. My God, man. But that guy kind of stole Kyle's moment. Like, it wasn't about Kyle Lowry's game. I think that if Mark Stevens doesn't shove him, the whole storyline of that game is just about how incredible Kyle Lowry was and how he responded to a difficult game, too. And then game five, he had two opportunities to close that game. He missed a wide open three, right open, right before the Draymond block. Yep. And he had the turnover where he has Boogie Cousins one-on-one, he throws the ball back, and it goes over and back, and the rest is history, right? Oh, my God. But game six, again, took, Kyle Lowry, forever, man. He, he shows his resolve. He shows why he's so different and, and the maturity that we've seen in Kyle Lowry. Like, one is he shoves Mark Stevens in the past, maybe. He incurs the suspension, and it's all downhill for the Raptors. Or Kyle Lowry has a bad game, and it snowballs into another bad game, and it just gets worse and worse and worse, and all of a sudden the Raptors are out. The new Lowry, the evolved, finished product of Lowry, is a mature, family-first, cool-minded when under pressure response machine that comes up in big moments. And now, again, when we talk about things you can't take away, you can't take away that Kyle Lowry is an NBA champion. Correct. And again, in this era of Raptors basketball, that will be, you know, you talked about Fred. You're looking back, that'll be your second you know, biggest storyline. I think to me, it's always going to be Lowry yeah. after the Kawhi. Sentimentally, thing sure. it'll sure. always be that way. hundred percent. And it should be, man. Like he's meant so much to this team. And I don't, I get DeMar probably meant a little more to, to this fan base. I think just because mm-hmm. they saw him grow from, from whatever yeah, he, he was, was when he drafted yep. to when he got traded. But 
Kyle was always like the emotional spirit animal of this Raptors team because everyone mm-hmm. kind of, you know, went through him. The NBA Twitter or Raptors Twitter at least would uh, defend the hell out of him through every game because he's their guy. Mm-hmm. He is their guy. Again, you don't have to do that anymore. Kyle Lowry stepped up in the biggest game of the season, had 11 points in the first three minutes of the game, JD. Like, think about the Kyle Lowry narrative and how far we've come to have that happen, man. It, it was it was insane to me, and that's when I knew things were probably going to be okay in that game, despite it coming down again to the very last seconds. They weren't going to waste another Kyle Lowry game like that like they did in Game 1 against Milwaukee, yeah. where he gave you everything, and then they lose the game, you know? And so, again, I'm trying to think in my head like about narratives and where they rank, and I can't stop thinking about Kyle Lowry. And as I did radio this morning as well, it was about Kyle Lowry. Like, he's the guy on this team that people can stick with, right? Like, this team got turned over in the last few years. Pascal Siakam's only in his third year. Fred's only in his third Kyle's been here, too. You've seen the ups and downs with Kyle Lowry here. He was on the bench for Jose Calderon to start his tenure in this city, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's come a long damn way, man. And now he's, an NBA, like you said, forever, forever an NBA champion. And it's crazy. It's, uh, it's nice to write narratives when you win a championship and you can look back at everything and know how it was worth it. Like thinking about like chubby uh, shaved head Kyle Lowry that was trying to score in the last second of the Brooklyn Nets yep. to slim, kind of jacked Kyle Lowry hugging an NBA Finals trophy and then joking around with Kawhi Leonard in the post game about you know who deserves it the most and the conversations that they had. By the way, we got to see Kawhi let loose a little bit. Oh my gosh, Kawhi dancing in the locker room. Are you kidding me? Kawhi can dance. Where has that guy (laughs) been? He Where has it. that? He does it one been. night a year. That's one it. Night one a year. That and then he goes home and gets eight hours. Yeah. I bet you Kawhi's at the gym right now. I was like, Eating no, man, apples, I gotta practice my out. jump shot. Like that shot off the elbow <laughs> wasn't good yesterday. Like yeah. I gotta be better. I got Kawhi, man. I so Watching again to see him let loose too. I was like, oh my god, a human being is there, and it's crazy. If there's one guy who watched film on the plane, it's Kawhi. Right, like he's on the plane. Guys are watching DVDs. They're like, "Oh, I'm gonna watch Cars too." He's like, "I'm gonna watch." I actually got to watch game film, guys. I'm gonna just see how I can improve. Another game in three months. Yeah. So, what is your lasting takeaway? Like, we'll we'll tie this one up. What will be kind of the thing that you couldn't stop thinking about? Was it Kyle? Like, what's been keeping you? No, it's Kawhi. It's the Mm -hmm. the balls on Masai to do what he did, man. Mm -hmm. And I remember a year ago. I was hosting Tim and Sid that week. It was generally a nothing week, MLB All-Star break. Like, nothing was going on. It was myself and Carolyn Cameron. Oh, I remember. And the rumors were circulating the day before that, oh, Kawhi, Kawhi. The Twitter was coming in. It was like, no, you can't do this. You can't trade in your stars for Kawhi. He doesn't want to be here. And all I kept saying on the show was, Kawhi, 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 Kawhi. You guys don't get it. The, this guy is different. Mm-hmm. Then I wake up the next morning to that trade being done, and my mentions were like, 30% people are like, oh my God, we all spoke this into existence. And 70%, I can't believe they traded DeMar. And I promise you, man, I tweeted that, you know, this is a good trade at the time. I tweeted that this was a bigger deal in Toronto than John Tavares signing with the Leafs. And people, I should have known, you mess with hockey Twitter, they're going to kill you. But I looked at the mentions of the people that replied to me that day mm-hmm. who said this trade would be useless. He doesn't want to be here. He doesn't want to stay. Can you pull that tweet out? Yeah, I'm going to try to find it, but... I'm saying I would go to their mentions now and they're all praising Kawhi Leonard. Like it took a year, but everyone understood the cost of business here. And I didn't understand why in sports people were getting so sentimental to something that didn't lead to success. Yes, fine. You get emotionally attached to people, but isn't the goal JD in what we do 
Isn't the goal winning? Isn't the goal trying to get a championship? And Messiah's like, I don't care about your feelings anymore, guys. I want to get this championship. I promise something. And I cannot believe that 11 months later, it, I cannot believe it happened. But, I just can't. But that's why, again, for me, it's just going to be, it's going to be two things. One is that disappearing of the inferiority complex, the no longer caring, and the complete validation of a fan base that had been downtrodden and kind of overlooked in its own market. Like you just you said it with hockey Twitter. Sure, the Raptors were always kind of number two in their own city, in their own country. Stanley yeah. Cup playoffs are on, and the Raptors are across from them. And nationally, it was kind of tough pitch, tough sell. That's different now, right? Like that has completely changed. The landscape of what the demand for the Raptors be will be a, like forever altered like they've taken their place beside the maple leafs and beside the rap or sorry beside the blue jays it's like canada's team yep like they finally got there they were always toronto's team but they never had the national branding now you go through and and matt devlin ran through all the watch parties last night but like it's packed in regina you knew the golden horseshoe was gonna be packed but it's like regina and places in alberta and british columbia i went to a viewing party at a muslim museum and there were 2,000 people watching the game outside with it being projected on a wall. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you kidding me, man? Yeah. And I said it. like I could have gone anywhere in the country and the vibe would have been the same in any building anywhere. We basically had, I think what was the highest number was like a third of the country basically yeah. watching game five. I, don't, I haven't seen the number for the latest one. Yeah. But I think that the sporting landscape in this in the country is going to be very interesting to monitor over the next few years because basketball was already so much on the rise. And I've said this a million times, but it is a wonderful sport. It is an accessible sport. You don't need to have money to play basketball. Like it takes a pair of sneakers. Like you got to have a ball. You got to show up at a court. You got to have a pair of sneakers. And if you're good, people are going to find you. You know, I'm not going to down talk other sports. I'm just saying there are accessibility issues with others that you don't really have in basketball. Basketball has problems with AAU level and all these politics. Like every sport now for kids has been taken over in a weird way by like parents and agents and all these weird coaches. But ultimately, like just to get in is easy. And emulating a star who you can just see, like they're wearing shorts and a t-shirt. They're not wearing a cage like a quarterback. Like it's it's so accessible. They show emotion. They get to be themselves. And when they are themselves, they are embraced for that. Sirt Zoe was on Good Show yesterday and she said something that was just so awesome where she was like, people are attracted to greatness. People gravitate to greatness. And Kawhi Leonard was great. And he has, this is kind of my starting pitch for him if, you know, for him to stay is that like, Kawhi, you stay here and it is going, you are going to watch in front of your very own eyes, the transformation of an entire country in terms of gravitating to a new sport. Like, People kind of forget that this team has only been here for 25 years because it's felt so long in Toronto's history of like, you know, we grew up watching the Raptors suck essentially. And then only a small (laughs) little portion of it was like not embarrassing. And even the not embarrassing part was like always ended in real embarrassment, right? Yes. It was like purple dinosaur to who was always leaving to like what crappy player they signed and tried to get the Haydu Turkaloos and the Jermaine. Will they beat LeBron to getting swept by LeBron? Totally. Yeah. And now that's just like completely flipped on its ear and you just look at how fast, how incredible it is that a sport came into a country that was so small at the time, so little nationally to where it's at now, 25 years later. Like it's one of the modern success stories. Where else in the world has this happened? No, man. Like where else in the world has it populated like this? Another sport through a professional league. Like it's one of the more incredible stories in all of professional sports. This week I was at my parents' house. We're just going through old albums. I was like, oh man, like my eighth birthday party the year after the Raptors were a thing was a Raptors party. And people that came were like, 
still didn't know what that was, you know? They didn't really know what was going on. But, like, I fell in love with the sport immediately. And so we're looking at old pictures and, and to see that, like, I wish I had all that stuff still, you know? Because that the the vintageness, the, every every part of that, like, I remember it so vividly, like, wanting to play basketball and everybody wanting to play hockey at my party. And so we just ended up playing hockey instead. And, sure, I would beat them at that as well. But, like, I really, <laughs> I really just wanted to play basketball, man. And I yeah. remember on my street being the first one with a hoop on the garage. Like, it wasn't a thing still. And this was in the 90s, like, late 90s when yep. this team was starting to finally, you know, gain some sort of relevance and, like, not to take the Drake part of it, but, like, now we're here, man, like, mm-hmm. as a country. Now we're here with no voice because the Raptors won the NBA. Yeah. Ch- like, I can't believe it, man. Like, I actually, no. this is the first time since it happened that I think I'm processing what actually happened. Dude. And, and like, and it's what it crazy, means. man. It is crazy that this country came together through this thing. The number yeah. I bet will be like, you know, I think, what was it? Six something that yeah, watched an average. In the States, it was up. They, we have the U.S. rating. All yeah. They just sent it to me. Yeah, and Which is fine. But in this country, I think it'll be over 10. I think it'll be over 10 oh, averaged yeah. watching oh, this yeah. game. Think about a third of your country rallying around anything. Good God, that's amazing, man. So both my parents are basketball coaches. Yep. And that's how, like, I fell in love with the game as a kid, right? You like, good? Both. That was okay. Okay. I mean, I'm like a five foot ten. I know. Yeah. From the There's Yukon. some limitations. Sure. So <laughs> like, I think like based on my, like what my ceiling could have been as a player mm-hmm. based on physical limitations and geography, I kind of hit it. Yep. Like I, I don't think I left much on the table. Peaked. Yep. Go. Um, <laughs> but both my parents taught me to love the game. I'll always appreciate them for it. I grew up also playing hockey. Yeah. But I was the kid that in elementary school was wearing like a Seattle supersonic yes, jacket. Yes. And that yes. was like such a crazy thing. People knew who Michael Jordan was when I was a kid, but that was like it. Yeah. Like that was it. You'd be 100%. like, oh yeah, Michael Jordan. Cause we got games on WGN and you would see like <laughs> a couple that's Jordan it. games sure. and, and like that was it. Sure. And that's all people knew. They were like, oh yeah, basketball, Michael Jordan. And now it's a sport that's going to be like, we've got 13 Canadians in the NBA. We've got RJ Barrett on the way. I think this draft is going to be, there's, there's going to be five Canadians that could yeah. go in the first round, right? Like that's exactly got the effect. Watch parties in that's vagina. the effect, man. We have Canada playing in the world championship this summer. Like if everybody plays, that's a competitive as hell team, man. I know this is going to be corny as hell. Go for it. For now we're all about the cheese today. The one thing I've always believed in with sport is just the unification power of it. Like we focus way too much on like the stories of like sure. alternate fan bases get into something or like some people got in a scuffle, like the Boston Bruins thing the yep. other night, right? They're fighting the stands. It's yep. like, look at dumb sports fans. Overall, look at the way that this has brought people together across a country. Like, I'm emotional just thinking yeah. about it. It's like our whole country came together and they wanted to be together. Like, those watch parties, they don't happen for other things. Yeah. Like, you watch Game of Thrones by yourself. Exactly. You know, you want to be with your popcorn and you want to be just alone with your drink, nobody bothering you. For basketball, for sport, people want to be around each other. People want to celebrate it with each other. They want to feel those emotions. It adds to everything. And our country had that and they had this moment. And it's just like, it's the best. It's the best. For game four, I went to four viewing parties in four yeah. quarters. I tried to brave the city and try to do that like east to west. Started, like I said, at a museum, then BMO Field, then a movie theater, and then Mississauga Celebration Square. And the, you know, for all the different reasons people were there, the one reason that was consistent amongst all four was that we wanted to watch this with somebody. We wanted to be part of this with somebody because we don't fully understand what this means, but together we know this is big, Dude. man. And guy... That is beautiful. That is just beautiful to watch. And like for the rest of the world to look at it too. Like a country like Canada that's so multicultural and so diverse. Exactly, man. Like downtown last night, that was like, and it happened to me after game six against the Bucks too. But all I could think of was like, how many times in human history 
has there been a like group of people that are this diverse all together at one time that were just all celebrating together? Like that's big, man. It's just, it's big. It's so much bigger. Like don't ever let people like, again, we're getting too preachy. We got to wrap this up, but don't ever let people tell you like sport isn't important. Like don't ever let it tell you sport is important because like you don't get that without it. Yep. I think that's a good place to finish. I agree. All right. Uh, Thanks to everybody for listening. Championship parade Monday in the city. Championship parade. Championship parade. I can't believe it. (laughs) Monday in the city of Toronto. I'll be down there with good show. Uh, I'll be down there. You'll be down there. Find me. Just find me. (laughs) Trust me. I'll find you. I'll find you guys. Don't worry. I can't wait, man. Hey, thanks for doing this phase. It was awesome. Donovan, you and your best friend at the wedding. Hope the wedding was good, DJ. Shouts to you. Hope it was open bar. Hope it wasn't cash bar, buddy. (laughs) Oh, boy. That'd be tough. Yes, yes, yes. This is Free Association. Subscribe, review, leave uh, at JD Bunkus, at Physical Misa. That is yours. Or is yours Facebook? At SN Facebook. They'll S- find you it. You got the man. SN, eh? They tr- yeah, you See, know. I, you know branding. you have job security when you throw <laughs> SN in there. Like, I know. It's like any day now, it could all be gone. Don't even bother throwing the SN in. Anyways, uh, follow us, leave a review, and uh, thanks for everybody that's been listening to these things. It uh, means the world. Because I got a really big team, and they need some really big rings. They need some really nice things. Better be coming with no strings. Better be coming with no strings. We need some really nice things. We need some really big rings. I got a really big team. I got a really big team. They need some really big rings. They need some really nice things. Better be coming with no strings. Better be coming with no strings. We need some really nice things. We need some really big rings. I got a really big team, man. What a time to be alive. You and yours versus me and mine. Are we talking teams? Are we talking teams? Are you switching sides? Wanna come with me? Look at the smile on me. Look at the aisle on me. I do not chase girls, but they run a mile for me. Say she gon' ride for me. I buy the ties for you. This game is different. You only get one shot to get a file on you. Man,